Carson Quinn. Darren Pang just robbed you. Can't beat the heart of a lion and Kelly J. Not going to back Kelly Chase up at all. Chase will fight this thing until he's absolutely out of gas. A great play along the wall to start with. Just keeping the puck in. Shattenkirk with a quick decision. Schwartz bouncing on the puck. The save of the year. The absolute save of the year. Holy jumping. What a save this is. The pucker factor down on the Chicago bench is pretty pretty high right now. Let me tell you. The Blues have stuck with the plan. The push was on. And that leaves the sniper off the bar and in the net. And that is our drive to the net. And why wouldn't it be? This is Jason Putts with Panger, only on NHLPodcast.com, a lineup media group production. Now, your hosts, Kelly Chase and Darren Pang. Well, welcome in. Jason Pucks with Panger on NHLPodcast.com. I'm Kelly Chase, alongside my partner here, Darren Pang. And hey, excited! Our yeah. first podcast. I know. How about this, this? We've done a lot of things together. We've been we, we do a lot of talking hockey. We <laughs> might as well talk into these microphones. <laughs> oh God, do we ever? Huh? We sit around. Let me see. We go on the bus. We talk hockey. Uh, we go on the plane. We sit there talk hockey. Although we we watch movies on your iPad as well. Uh, we get in the stands. We have a coffee. I have to have a coffee first, and and then I have to. Have and then three. we talk hockey. And then we we talk Lunch, hockey. We talk um, hockey. We and... ja- we jab guys. Yeah. We have fun with guys. We call guys. Yeah. So why not put it on a podcast and well, have more so- fun? Sounds it. like it makes sense to me. And yeah. can uh, look at you at uh, at Panger Forty on Twitter. Yeah, at Panger Forty and uh, Chasing Pucks Thirty Nine. Yeah, at Chasing Pucks Thirty Nine. If you want to uh, catch up on some of the buffoonery that we might uh, spew, it would yeah. be fantastic. We're going to talk uh, this week to start off our podcast. What a start! We're going to we're going to talk about uh, about uh, the Hall of Famers and and the induction of. Uh, a bunch of great people and four great NHLers. And uh, let's start right off the bat with uh, with Nick Lidstrom. I mean, one of the best, one of the best ever, uh, obviously. And uh, I love the story that you had and the discussion you had with Scott Stevens. It's, you know what? It's interesting talking to Scott Stevens. Uh, on, on the set of NHL Network, Scott's been doing some work there. After being an assistant coach last right. year with the Devils, um, and and uh, obviously Scott's a Hall of Famer himself, and he's a multiple Stanley Cup winner, um, a Conn Smythe Trophy winner. Um, but but he, but he said when we were watching Nick Lidstrom, he said I always enjoyed watching Nick Lidstrom. Always enjoyed watching it. Um, always looked forward to that physical game where I could watch Nick, the perfect defenseman, get hit. And he said then I'd watch the darn game, and I'd watch the game, and I'd watch the game. And he'd never get hit. Right. And it'd frustrate the daylights out of Scott Stevens. Right. <laughs> I, used to la- I used to laugh when coaches used to say, you guys got to be physical on five. Got to be. Yeah, you have to hit, finish your checks on him. And I'm like, how? how? <laughs> I mean, you have to go 30 feet out of the road when he didn't have the puck to actually run into him. And then you still probably, probably couldn't hit him. So uh, just a, just a, and what a, what a guy. Uh, they call him the, the perfect human. Right. Did he ever have a bad day? It's funny, you know, I, I was fortunate enough to win the King Clancy um, yeah. and he was one of the first people that came over to me and congratulated me because, you know, they, I don't believe that they knew who was going to win the Norris. I don't believe that they knew who the Norris trophy winner was. Um, it, it, it turned out that, you know, uh, I believe it was Pronger that won that year. And we had a good group of guys that went, it was Craig Conry up for the Selkie mm. Jamie McLennan won the master and I won the King Clancy. Wow. It's Pronger, quite a group, Pronger. huh? It was fun. Yeah. Wow. And, and, uh, 
and we have the famous picture in our underwear with our tuxes on and just our underwear and the, at the group shot. Because always we, in, always we're, in the underwear, uh, huh? try, Yeah, trying to figure out how we could uh, clown around a little bit. But but the point was, is the first guy that came up and congratulated me was Nick Lidstrom. And I really, I, I was like, well, that was, that was, I can't believe the guy just, just, you know, took the time to come out of his way to say, hey, that's a really neat award. And you talk to him and, and, and I can tell you, it completely changed. It probably changed how I played against him too, huh. because I respected him as a player but I think I was I was in awe of him more, and and I thought I I think that's one of the the great things about a guy like that. You know, I I look at some of the sweetest defensemen that are that are coming up, and and uh, the impact that he had for over twenty years. Never missed the playoffs in twenty years. Scored the game winning goal in the two thousand six Olympics, where Sweden wins right the uh, the gold medal. Um, Obviously not physical, as we talked about. Very slender, 189 pounds, right. maybe 190 pounds. Didn't shoot the puck really hard, but shot it really accurately. Really well. Um, first pass, two guys that went in the Hall of Fame this year. You could throw them in the, the two best. Um, yeah, first pass. First pass oh, defensemen, right? Yep. Wouldn't yeah, you think? Chris so so we'll, we'll segue from a guy like Lidstrom and, and everything that he did and how he acted. I'm just such a big fan. Well, can I tell you, a, 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 you know what, a quick story about this? When uh, my son Tyler was a, a young player, he he wore number five, and uh, and so because of Steve Eiserman, we we were my son was probably a Red Wing fan more than anything else growing up in Chicago because of course Chicago didn't put their team on home TV. My son did write a letter to Bill Wirtz and asked him, "How am I going to be a Blackhawk fan if I can't even watch them on TV? Uh, my favorite team is the Red Wings." Uh, anyway, that's another story. So <laughs> so so we get to go to a game one night um, in in. Uh, in Chicago that Detroit's playing and, and Steve's playing and Scotty Bowman's coaching and we're outside the locker room and uh, um, Scotty comes out right away he doesn't even address the team and he comes out and he sees Tyler and I outside the room he said what, what are you doing and I said well we're just going to wait and see Steve he said well go on in the room right now go on and see the guys right now he says I, I'm, I'm done he says that's great Get, bring your son in there I said that, thanks Scotty that's great well we got in the room before the players were even in the room they, they hadn't even come in yet so there's Tyler and I sitting in the middle of the room and the players aren't even in there yet so the guys come, the guys come in, and Steve sees us. Hey, what are you guys doing in the room? You know. And uh, anyway, um, Tyler's looking down, and right in front is Nick Lidstrom. And and it, it was like that. What's the commercial? Mean, mean Joe, Joe Green? Green. Yeah. It was like that commercial where Tyler's looking down, and he's and he's sort of like peering around, but he's he's got to be maybe ten, and he looks up, and he looks up, and he looks up, and he says, Liddy. <laughs> That's just great. like that and uh anyway i thought I'd, I'd relay that story because he was uh so impactful to so many guys but my that was my son's favorite hockey player for sure well i tell you what and you you started a segue into chris bronger another guy with that outlet pass i think one of the things that made him such a great player it was not only his vision his ability like a good quarterback to look up ice at the long pass first, the touchdown pass first, but then knowing the awareness of where everyone else was, but also combining it with the nastiness that he played with. Uh, I often joke about Stefan Quintel, Brendan Shanahan, Chris Pronger, all been in <laughs> NHL discipline. I played with all three of them. Uh, I can say that it takes sometimes a criminal to catch a criminal, and, and those guys were certainly guilty of it. But What do you think Prong says when, he, when he's in that room, seriously? Uh, I, it would Did have to be... that's nothing? He's or? such a... He knows lots of the times that it, it just wouldn't even have been a penalty when he played, yeah. but he's a wealth. Like he he he'll look at it, and he'll you know he'll shrug his shoulders. The one thing about that job and about Chris Pronger is, I don't believe 
that they're looking for real estate salesmen in there. Mm -hmm. If they just wanted somebody to go along with company lines, they wouldn't hire those guys to do it. Because you're not getting that out of Brian Leach when he was there. No. Brian Leach is a guy that's got an opinion. He's going to tell you what his opinion is, and that's fair. Yep. Same thing with the big Q, yep. who's running it now. Brendan was certainly like that. And Prongs definitely is like that. Rob Blake Rob was a Blake guy was that was a well-respected guy that had his, you know, well-thought. So I think for all of those guys and what they do and have done with it, I respect the fact that they're they have their own opinion on it, but they have when they leave there, it's a consensus much like a team. Mm-hmm. You come out of there and we're all on the same page. That's right. Like uh, disciplining kids. Uh, yes. And, and, you and, might and, not be on the same page as your wife, but you better come out and have a, right. have a, a, a loyal front. Right, exactly. And I think that Chris Pronger, as great a player as he was, he had a competitive edge about him that made everybody around him better because of how he played the game. Mm-hmm. How, 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 how I, 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 I've mentioned to you before, he was tough on... He was tough at practice. In practice. Did he ever start like a, not, not one, I mean, I know that guys get nasty and what have you, but did it become like every day when you're, when you're practicing with them that you knew that you better be ready to go? Did he ever give you a, a day off? Oh. Did he ever, did he, he ever, was hard on guys that he thought weren't, weren't, weren't pulling their weight. Yeah. No, he was really hard on guys that weren't. Okay. That, and that he, makes and, it easier and, on and, the coach. And, and there was no, and there was no, you know, he didn't pick and choose. And, uh, you know, I remember at training camp, he got into it with Jamie Rivers, uh, and we're, you know, both veteran guys. And one of our young tough guys uh, went in there to thought he sh- should defend Jamie. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so he was going to fight Pronger. He was going to fight Pronger. Yeah. And I jumped over the boards and uh, I said, hey, hold on a second. And he, he goes, what are you doing, Chaser? You're on my team. And I said, listen, you, you can't fight with him. You want to fight with somebody, fight with me. He goes, you're on my team. I said, listen, kid, he's on my team. <laughs> you, he, you know, he's a Norris Trophy winner, Hall, our uh, Hart Trophy, you know, candidate, and and so on and so forth at the time. Yeah. And I go, you can't fight with Chris Pronger, but Prongs didn't lay off the kid. He didn't lay off Jamie, the veteran player. He was determined that he was going to, everybody was going to learn how to compete, and that's the way it was going to be. Hmm. And for me, that's what made him successful. And I think one of the other Hall of Famers that we we hear the the great story about and was such a dominating force when he grabbed a hold of the puck and he left you wanting more all the time out of him. But I think had that s- learned to get that competitive edge from other Hall of Famers was Sergei Fedorov. Yeah, sir, you're right about that. Sergei, he teased the heck out of you. I always thought that there was so much more there. And the year that he won the Hart Trophy and had such a phenomenal year, if I'm not mistaken, Eiserman was injured for the majority of that year. And so Sergei took, took over the reins, almost like... You know when Crosby and Malkin go at it. When yeah. when Crosby's not there, Malkin says, "Okay, boys, it's my team. Let's go." Right. But Sergey, for me, I always thought that he could he could give you more. But in saying all that, I think he respected and listening to him at the Hall of Fame induction, he he respected the process. He gave a lot of respect to um, to the guys that were before him, and uh, I, I think I think Eiserman taught him a lot along the way. I think I think the little things that these guys teach you, Chaser, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but um, how to, such a, it doesn't sound very smart, but how to play hurt, right. when to play hurt, when right. are you injured that you really are putting yourself in a bad spot? Uh, you're hurting your team by playing in a way that you can't play, but playing injured and battling through stuff. Uh, I think that was one area that, uh, Sergey really looked around that room and went, I got, I, I can give more here. Right. And, uh, a famous story of them in the playoffs oh with all of the Russian uh, yeah. guys they had on their team that took them aside and said, listen, you know, we have a knock of not wanting to win Stanley Cups. We have a knock as Russian players of guys that don't care and only want to collect checks and only want to 
be Go part to- of Olympics and, and world championships. And, yeah. and that's not what we are. And Larionov and, and, and Konstantinov and mm-hmm. those guys explaining yeah. to them, Fatisov, Fatisov yeah. that, hey, listen, you know, we want, we are proud guys and we want to be a part of, of this. So get with it because we can't win without you. And he, he excelled from that point mm-hmm. on for them. And I think that's one of the things that I admire about Sergey is that he was a guy that, that, you know, almost was teachable, but yet was such a great player that he almost did it with ease. And in, early on, he dated Anna Kornikova. Yeah, it's got to count for something. Dude, that, that's a Hall of Fame <laughs> attitude right there, if you ask me. Yeah. <laughs> Onward to another great player, <laughs> Phil Housley, who, uh, you know, uh, I thought his speech uh, at the Hall of Fame was fantastic. Um, mm-hmm, me too. You mentioned him bringing out the helmet. That, mm-hmm. that humanized him. It said. did for sure. I mean, he had, the, he had the bad bucket. See, when he first broke in with Buffalo, think about, think about Scotty Bowman, who was the coach and GM of Buffalo Chaser, who, who, who's, who goes and watches this... 155-pound, offensive-minded, small defenseman play high school hockey in Minnesota. And he says, that's the guy I want, sixth overall. Wow. And, and, wow. and, he, and so he breaks into the league and makes it and, and, and had like 60 points his first year. Right. He had, an ugly, he had a really ugly Cooper helmet at the time with the little leather in the front. Right. And he continued that on his entire career and had the Jofa uh, with, with the little leather thing or that little plastic yep. thing in the front. And when he brought that up in the Hall of Fame at the very end of his speech and said, what the heck? And he said, thanks, Jofa. You know, I, I took a lot of heat for wearing this lid. And he says, but now we're in the Hall of Fame together. That, that's pretty cool. I, 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 really, I, I really admired uh, Phil. I think Phil's come a long way, too. He sure thanked his wife for the ups and downs in their life. <laughs> so, well, I mean, I think like all the guys got traded a lot at the very end, um, you know, probably in and out of self-motivation or feeling sorry for yourself and sure. trying to pick it up. And so his wife was obviously a stabilizing force in his, in his life, getting to where he was. But uh, I, I thought he was really well-spoken. He thanked Doug Wood, his high school coach, for making him a defenseman, turning him from a centerman to a defenseman. That turned out pretty well. Yeah, no, that, that worked out just fine. That turned fine. out well. But here, the beauty of, of Phil and the way he played, I remember when he when he came to St. Louis and that's for Al McGinnis, right? And you admired him. You admired him. Um, you know, he he ended up being traded for Al McGinnis, but but just, just, you admired the way he played the game because of the low panic button on him. Like mm-hmm. he, he he had a stabilizing. He would turn six different directions in our own end to try and beat a check to make it easier for you to get a half a step farther away from the check or. Uh, to create a little bit more space for anybody on the team or to give the goalie a little bit of time to get back in the net. I just thought that uh, the way that he... A little guy is one thing, but the way he was so so, um, poised with the puck made him such a great player. Elusive. I I was looking at some video, and it was like if he wanted to be a figure skater, he could have been. Oh, his 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 edge work was absolutely phenomenal, wasn't it? What you're absolutely right. Inside edge, outside edge, inside edge, outside edge. Balance, looking up, head up all the way. Um, not a big curve on his stick. Not a he sh- certainly used a short stick. Huh? He had a fantastic knack of putting the puck in an area where you could redirect it. Did you ever redirect what? one on? I, I redirected lots of them. None of them went in, but they are, but but I certainly did redirect. That's why them. we're chasing pucks with Panger. That's exactly. I right. chased pucks. You chased pucks. You chase people. <laughs> well, listen. I'd like you to just talk a little bit about too the you know we don't want to slight anybody, but there are were other 
uh, Hall of Famers that went in yesterday in different categories. Yeah, and, and yeah, you're right, Chase. Along with Lidstrom, Pronger, Fedorov, and Housley, uh, Peter Carmanis uh, as a builder, um, obviously won a Stanley Cup, but did a great job with minor hockey in the in the Detroit area um, with CompuWare. Uh, Angela Ruggiero. Uh, I was I was at the '98 Olympics and uh, I, I I really enjoyed that part of it. It was Canada versus the U.S. for the women's gold. Um, big JD was up in the booth and I was between the benches and, um, I really appreciated the Americans. Uh, I, I'll tell you that I appreciated how, um, how enthusiastic they were. Um, she was the, one of the younger players on the team. I remember Cami Granado being the leader of that team. And, uh, when they beat Canada, which, uh, was no small feat, I mean, right. that was their biggest feat and, uh, led by Cami, but, uh, Angela was a young, great skating, big defenseman and, uh, ended up playing a pro game and, oh, her brother was a, a goaltender. You had mentioned correct, that before, yeah. and and uh, she scores a goal there. But I think it's it's not the National Hockey League Hall of Fame. It's the Hockey Hall of Fame. That's, right, that's why Vladdy Trechak's right. in the Hall of Fame, and you've got builders categories. And and so for Angela, she deserves to be there. She had a just a, a great oh my goodness, almost twenty years of, of solid hockey uh, right. along the way. But the other guys too, you know what, Chaser and. Uh, uh, maybe someday we'll do a podcast, Chaser and Panger in the Broadcast Hall of Fame. Huh? huh. That'd be something. Wouldn't that? That'd be, be cool. Wouldn't that be? <laughs> um, <laughs> Nick Nixon's uh, uh, in there with the LA Kings, longtime play-by-play guy. Always a gentleman, isn't he? So always comes up. He always just represents the game the right way. Just and, a fantastic guy, isn't he? And uh, and so uh, uh, and obviously Bob McKenzie. We could talk about Bob. I call him Judge Bob. Right. Um, he's he runs the nest, doesn't he? He rules it. Well. The thing about Bob is he does it with such class and he gets it right. You can pretty much count on the fact that if Bob McKenzie says it, it's either happened or it's about to. Yeah. And and because he does his homework. And and the thing is, guys like that don't get information because they because they leverage people or or pay for it or whatever it is. They get it because the people respect them and he knows how to deliver the message in a class way that doesn't harm anybody and doesn't put it out in a way that's um, demeaning to anyone or puts anybody in a bad spot, and that's what I respect the most about Bob McKenzie. He started in uh, I think '78 or '79, and he took a he wanted to be a writer. He just wanted to have a beat and uh, uh, follow a team, and he ended up with the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds, basically with their local newspaper following that team around. So, so he had a chance in those days. I, I you know you got a lot of great players went through Sault Ste. Marie, but then he ended up in Toronto. And then to end up on TV, and uh, he's mastered TV. Oh, my goodness. I, I, he, I know at the beginning that wasn't easy for him. It's yeah. not easy for any of us to, when we first yeah. get in there to articulate what you're trying to say without burning somebody on the other side. Um, I've been on the set with him, Chaser, where you're five seconds from going on the air, and he's still on the phone with it. You know it's an agent, a general manager. Mm, it wouldn't, you know, most times that's game time, not a player. But his contacts were just absolutely impeccable. Always did his homework. Always made sure when he was on the air. That, that he was getting it right. I always worried when he was going down the line and everybody was talking about it and, and Bobby would say at the end, I'll, uh, I'll chime in at the end. And you knew that you got something wrong and he was going to correct it. <laughs> so that's, congr- that's, congratulations. And, 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 you, and you had that stomach, you know, a pit in your stomach after like, you're done oh, talking. Like, oh, you didn't get it exactly right. Yeah. Now you're going to one-up me here. I did but say, it, you know, I'm going to tell you a quick story because we can yeah. do this on this, yeah. right? Because we, we can do this because this is what it is. That's it's what Chase and Pucks hey, It's her deal, man. I, I made a mistake on the air. Uh, this is the first time I brought this up, probably. But I made a mistake on the air. I got a, 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 a white and a, a right wrong. I'm not right. going to go through the whole story. Uh, but, uh, um, when it ended, Bob had probably a half a million Twitter followers still then. And, uh, so it was Bob on the end, me next to Bob, Craig McTavish, and then James Duthie. 
And as soon as I ended it, not even knowing what I had said, um, which was a complete accident and slippage of the tongue, it was Craig McTavish uh, looked at his phone. He said, if anybody calls, I hardly knew you. And I thought, well, that's funny. What happened? Like, what happened? You know, Bob McKenzie, um, again, with his contacts, his phone just was going like crazy. And he looked at me and he says, let's call Mark Guy. He's the agent for PK. Let's call Mark Guy. And I said, that'd be great. Call Mark Guy. Mark Guy says, call PK. I, I'm on the phone with PK in minutes talking to PK who watched the whole segment right. and said to me, I feel terrible for you because I know what you're saying because the coaches just gave me that whole speech today. And I said, I know, that's, that's who I got it from. And uh, he goes, I know, I feel terrible. You shouldn't feel bad about it at all. I know what you're saying. And, and, but that was Bob at that moment controlling the situation right. saying we're going to call his agent then we're going to call a player and we're going to take care of this right now because right. we all know you better than that right, so, right. Yeah. well that's, that's another great classic and, and Judge and Bob I, and gonna, you got to give P.K. Subban oh, a lot of credit for the, the way loads. he handled it as well yeah. well listen uh, we are going to get some sound nice we're going to get some sound from all our Hall, Hall of Famers, famers mm. right now and then we'll be back with Chasing Pucks with Panger on NHLpodcast.com Thank you to the uh, Hall of Fame selection committee, Lanny and John. That was a, a great call to receive and uh, very humbling. Thank you. Uh, I'd like to thank Kelly Massey and the whole Hall of Fame staff for uh, all they've done this weekend. It's been, uh, as a lot of guys have mentioned, and, and girls, that uh, it's been a great weekend for us all and appreciate all their efforts. Uh, congratulations to the other inductees on uh, this great honor. It's a true pleasure going in with you all. I want to talk a little about opportunity and belief. I was given an opportunity early in my childhood to play minor hockey in Dryden, Ontario, and from that was born a passion for the game. I loved it. It was all I thought about as a child growing up. On my way through the Dryden Minor Hockey Association, I had many coaches who believed in me, but none more so than my high school hockey coach, Jack McMaster. He saw something in me and pushed me each and every day in practice to get better. While playing high school hockey, there was a scout who saw me play, and he saw something and believed in me as well. I had, I had what it took. Thank you for having some vision, Sheldon Ferguson. From high school hockey came an opportunity to play Junior B hockey in Stratford, Ontario. I couldn't think of a more storied junior program to make my mark at. Dinny and Dennis Flanagan and Terry Unak believed in my abilities and provided me all the tools to become a better player. Then the Peterborough Peets came calling, with the opportunity to play major junior hockey with yet another story junior franchise. Dick Todd and Jeff Tui believed I could play in the OHL and schooled me in the game on and off the ice. Thanks, Du. A special thank you to the White family for taking me in and treating me as uh, if I was one of their own. From Skull, Russia, Sergei Fedorov. I guess I gotta break the ice. Not, not easy to do, and my glasses stuck on my pocket. I gotta use those. In my wildest dreams, I would never uh, expect something like that. I never believed and thought something like that would happen to me. It's a, such an honor to be here tonight, to speak in front of you. I've been so fortunate in my career, in my life, affiliated with many great people, 
they had such a positive influence on me. So many people that I don't know where to start. First of all, I'd just like Pat LaFontaine, uh, thank you for coming tonight. Um, yeah, I'd just like to thank the Hockey Hall of Fame. Um, I know uh, the best advice we got from everybody was to enjoy the weekend, and I think we've done that to some extent. Um, but uh, the Hockey Hall of Fame has just been really gracious to us. When we've, re we've enjoyed each and every minute of it, and I know my family and I really appreciate it. I'd like to congratulate the other inductees. Um, Bill and Peter, it must be the year of the defenseman and defense woman. And I know Sergey played, dabbled a little bit at D, uh, but just a great, great group of people. And I'm very blessed to go, be going in with you. You never start playing the game as a kid or enter the NHL and think that you'll become a Hall of Famer. However, I've been waiting for that call a long time. I'd like to thank the selection committee, Lanny McDonald, John Davidson. You'll, you just never forget that moment, as evident, uh, the picture my wife posted on Twitter uh, sort of went viral there with my jaw dropping, but you just never forget that, that day. And also I'd like to recognize David Poyle, who is also on the committee. We've crossed paths when I played in Washington and now uh, an assistant coach with the National Predators. You know, when I think back, uh, who had a major impact in my life, I, I don't have to start too far. You know, obviously my mother and father, my mother Mary Lee and my dad Leroy. Uh, I'd like to thank my mom for you know, driving my brother and I to those frost, frosty cold winter mornings in Minnesota to my games and practices, early mornings, and my dad who really taught me uh, what it was to have work ethic. From a Vizca, Sweden, Niklas Lindstrom. Oh, boy. That was a great captain. Thank you, and thank you, Steve, for presenting my plaque. I'd like to thank John Davidson, Jim Gregory, and the rest of the selection committee for this great honor. I don't pretty hurt that Scotty and uh, Igor and Luke were uh, so sp uh, on the committee, so special thanks to them as well. I'd also like to thank Kelly and the entire Hockey Hall of Fame staff for all their work in making this a special weekend for my entire family. It's been a great weekend that we'll never forget. I'd like to congratulate the other inductees, Bill, Peter, Phil, Chris, Angela, and of course my old teammate, Sergey. It's an honor to be joining all of you in the class of 2015. And thank you, Sergey, we didn't have to share a room this time, like we did back in the 90s. There's an old saying in Sweden, in English, it would translate to, things never turn out the way you imagined. It's a very true statement for me. Because I grew up, like most kids, shooting pucks in my backyard or at the local rink, dreaming of scoring the big goal and winning championships. But for all the dreams I had playing hockey as a child, I never imagined a night like this. As kids who learn and fall in love with the game, all the way through being a professional, you play with one thing in mind, to win. Win the medal, the cup, the series, the game, the battles in the corners and in front of the net, the face-off. Although I, I didn't actually take any face-offs. But every night, you try your best to win. But you can't win this. You can't win the Hall of Fame. It's an honor that you have no control over, and that would never 
had imagined as a kid shooting pucks in the driveway. And because he can't win this night, it feels a little uncomfortable being up here alone. I certainly didn't get here by myself. It takes a team in all aspects of your life. Being a professional hockey player, you need people to teach you, to lead you, to make you better, to make you the best you can be. And I've had some of the greatest teammates, friends and family right here with me at every step of my career. Too many to thank tonight, but I'm going to try my best and mention as many as possible in the time I have. Back here with Darren Pang and Kelly Chase, Chasing Pucks with Panger on NHLpodcast.com. And uh, one of the things that we want to get to every week is our text or tweet of the week. And we have one of the unique <laughs> situations in the league where something happens and it takes off. Much like, well, the rat in Florida mm-hmm. where Scott Mellonby, you know, the famous story where he killed the rat and they started throwing rats out on the ice. The rat uh, trick. The rat trick. Uh, the, the white towel, starting with Roger Nielsen, the Vancouver Canucks, feeling like he was taken advantage of and started waving the towel in the playoffs. The Vancouver Canucks picked up on it, and that's how the white towel, the towel and the whiteout began in the National Hockey League. Well, this time, it's a little odd, and it is a tweet. The St. Louis Blues, in a game against the Chicago Blackhawks, had a game where the Hawks were leading 5-2. to two. With the Hawks leading 5-2, to two, St. Louis started to score some late goals in the second period. It was a 5-3 hockey game, then 5-4, and with 30 seconds left in the period, David Backus ties the hockey game to make it 5-5. Chicago is completely dominated until the second period, and the Blues kind of got back in the hockey game. They played a scoreless third, and the Blues win the game on a goal by Vladi Tarasenko in overtime. As soon as that happened, the Blues social media group, which does a fantastic job, sent out a tweet and the, to characterize the Blues roar back. It was a typo. It went out over the Blues, STL Blues website, and it came out as roar bacon. <laughs> roar bacon has got its own legs. It is unbelievable. Autocorrect. How many times have we sent something out? Autocorrect. Oh, there's been times where I oh wish my, I could have it back. Oh, my goodness gracious. So, so Roar Back turns into Roar Bacon. We head into Nashville, and there are, there are um, small towels in the stands. Loads of, of Blues fans are a there. A guy wearing a bacon mascot. A, a bacon. bacon mascot. He bacon paid mascot. to be a slice of bacon in a suit. It has grabbed a hold of the city, and they're having some fun with it right now. And they should. And they should. It's, and that's one of the unique things about sports is that they can put something like something like that can happen a nice an innocent comment and it turned into something that the people and the folks can rally around and joke about and it's got a city and an organization uh, uh, having some having some fun with it how much bacon do you think is going to be in the next home game which is uh, the Blackhawks are the home game next November 14th oh, Blues Blackhawks roaring bacon you know and uh, that my friend is our tweet of the week why wouldn't it be Back in a minute, chasing Pang, chasing Pucks and Pang. Hola, muchachos, my friends. This is the Ocho Man from the Ocho Man Behind the Eight Ball podcast. If you're enjoying Chasing Panger show, you gotta give our podcast a listen. We've got a new show every Friday with the great crew of guys that talk everything from sports, conspiracies. 
stock market, whatever crazy shit that we talk about, it's crazy. I, I, I'm telling you, you guys will love it. Find our show now on OchoMan.com, on iTunes and Stitcher and all major podcast outlets. Brought to you by Lineup Media Group, my friends. Hey, guys. If you have kids who play baseball or you're a coach or an instructor, you've got to check out our weekly show, Youth Baseball Talk, powered by Baseball Youth with me, your host, Jim Cromer. If you love the game of baseball, you'll really appreciate that we talk to some of the top experts about everything to do with youth baseball, including St. Louis Cardinals' own Mike Matheny, former number one overall pick and Major League Baseball player Andy Bennis, and some of the best national instructors like Matt Lyle, Justin Stone with the lead out of Chicago, and my good friend Steve Springer, as well as some of the best teams from across the country telling us how they do youth baseball. Find our show at youthbaseballtalk.com, through iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, and anywhere else that you would get your podcast. Thanks and enjoy the rest of Chasing Pucks with Panger. One of the unique things about our league is, is, is some of the, the fantastic characters that make up our game. And they're not necessarily players. They're broadcasters. They're people that work around the ranks that, that are trainers. It's the characters in our game that makes our game special in lots of cases. One of the unique things I think, and I've tried to do it, and I, I'm not good at it, is the play-by-play and some of the great calls that we have around the league. And you can tell, you can tell the enthusiasm in the voices that they care, and they, they care about their team. They care about the passion of the game, the emotion of the fans. And every week, we're going to do a little of this. I like this idea. We're going to get the great calls of the week. The great calls of the week. Yeah. Three of the greatest calls of the week. Now, this may not be your team, folks, remember, but you have no problem submitting us. Just head to our Twitter page. You can go to at uh, ChasingPucks39 or at Panger40. Send in the tweets. Send in what you think your best call of the week is. It might be your team. It might be one you heard on the air. It might be one you heard on the network or on any call or on the radio. Send them in. We want to make sure. And here you have our top three calls of the week. Nicholas off the head fake. Carlson returns it to 19. You get Reimer's perspective. On a backdoor setup. Score! Alex Ovechkin. Sergey Fedorov has some company. Here's Jack. Wins it cleanly. Back towards Adam Larson, who plays it behind the net. Sergey Kalinin quickly on the puck for the Devils. His shot, he scores! Kalinin from the circle, and there's his first NHL goal. What a moment for him. Star play for the Blues. Blues win the faceoff. Gomez for Fabry. And now Fabry, nice play to Gomez in front. They score! Pareko! A power play goal for Pareko! Great passing in the Blues lead, 1-0. Holy jumping, what a play to start it by Scotty Gomez. He's got eyes in the side of his head. Well, now it's time for Dude Really with uh, Chasing Pucks with Panger here on our NHLpodcast.com. And Chaser, we, uh, we love social media. There's a lot of fun in it as well. Uh, recently, there was a game between Vancouver 
and the New Jersey Devils. And uh, a fella named Bobby Farnham um, had a little scrap with a 19-year-old. How about I read the tweet first, okay, from Brandon Prust? Happened uh, right in game too because he wasn't with he was not with the team and it 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 uh, it went pretty good. So Brandon Press, we know he's a tough guy. He'll fight anybody, do whatever it takes. Uh, Wow, Bobby Farnham, you're so tough acting like that after fighting a 19 year old. Go back to the A. (laughs) What do you think of that? (laughs) He's part of our dude really segment, (laughs) and it's not because because more because the people are are rattled by it. But I think it's great. Um, I told you the story. I, I, I was a young guy, and I, I fought Wayne Van Dorp. And Wayne Van Dorp was a tough guy. He was a tough customer. And I did what I thought was really well in the fight, and I think he did too because he was really frustrated by the way I fight, fought. Um, after the game, he was yelling and screaming at me in a penalty box, and after the game, the reporters asked me what he was saying to me, and I said, I don't know. I'm not fluent in cement. And it, it, <laughs> it, truly, I mean, it truly rattled him like where he was – you know, he was he was upset that I had that I had said something like that to him. He actually came after me in the hallway in Chicago Stadium, and Stu Grimson was playing for Chicago as well as Trent Yanni, and both of them jumped in there and, and helped me out as well as the Sutter brothers who were on my team. It was chaos in in the old uh, stadium in Chicago, and the funny thing about this tweet is the dude really is the debate kind of evolves around whether or not you know he should have fought. Jake Vertanen and and to me, once you play in the NHL, all bets are off. You're right. you're a man. It's a man. No one went around telling Wendell Clark, okay. "Oh, you should feel sorry for Wendell Clark because you fought right. Marty Masorley, Ben Ben Wilson, and on and on and on." But you don't wear a yellow sweater when you're but out there. I'm more about the. I'm not a fan of showing people up or getting all excited and winding you know the crowd up and putting on a big show after a fight. That's not that wasn't my style. I felt like the karma would get me if I did that. I felt like. I'm going to do it this time and next time and the time after, and there's a good chance I'm going to get knocked out because I did it. It'll come back around. So I never, I, I felt like I just can't do that. But I love the fact that Brandon Press, Brandon Press calls him out, right? Calls him out, and the response to it all is is kind of tried to die down because the kid's trying to make a name for himself, and I think he did everything he could uh, to try and make a name for himself yeah. to play in the NHL. He got a little uh, overzealous, maybe yeah. you know, a little excited, trying to maybe maybe show up the nineteen year old, and that that's not cool. But 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 but, dude, really? <laughs> <laughs> because this is social media, uh, I'll tell you that that Brandon responded to a guy uh, at Dr Diablo Thw. Oh. We're gonna play the social media game okay. right here, uh, and and he said to Brandon Prust, which is at Brandon Prust eight. He said, "Wags finger, don't fight nineteen year olds." Brandon responds, didn't say anything about not fighting a 19-year-old. Fight whoever you want. I commented on the celebration afterward. See, that's what I love yeah. about him. Presty, yeah. Presty's an old-school guy. Yeah. Uh, I retweeted the tweet, said basically, said, remember when we used to have these arguments in the newspaper? I'm a dinosaur. Because, because truly now it, it, it's minute to minute. And sometimes, too, you got to be careful with your emotions because if I had been, I would have been in deep trouble. Uh, if we had Twitter when I played, when oh, I had my emotions running high like that, because I would Van Dorp in the hallway, I, I, that would have been big. That would have been big. I would well, not not so much even that, but I would have responded to certain things and reacted differently, and it would have got me in trouble because my emotions are mm-hmm. sticking up for my teammates or whatever. That some things would have been said about him. Now you have to have uh, thicker skin and realize there's a bigger picture. And 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 uh, but I but I I got a, I got a kick out of it. And that, my friends, mm-hmm. is our dude. Really, segment of the week. Back in a minute, Chase and Pucks with Panger. Kelly Chase, Darren Pang on NHLpodcast.com. 
If you like the show, then give us some love. The next time you're going to buy something on Amazon, before you do, go to our website at nhlpodcast.com and click the Amazon banner. It doesn't cost you anything, but we get credit for the referral and it helps us keep bringing you this fine show. Remember to check out our new website and all social media accounts for the show. Find us online at nhlpodcast.com, on Twitter at at NHL show, and on Facebook, just search for Chasing Pucks with Panger. Today's podcast is brought to you by audible.com. Get a free audio download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash NHL. Over 180,000 titles to choose from on your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. That's audibletrial.com slash NHL for your free audiobook and 30-day free trial. Chasing Pucks with Panger is brought to you by Lineup Media Group. If you like our show, check out more of the great podcasts that LMG has to offer, like Let's Get It On with famed MMA referee Big John McCarthy and commentator Sean Wheelock, Ocho Man. Behind the 8 Ball, which is one of the funniest podcasts around that you need to hear now and on the clock. Podcast, a sports roundtable show that reminds you of sitting around the bar, talking sports with your buddies. For all of these great shows and more, go to lineupmediagroup.com. Back here with Darren Pang. I'm Kelly Chase on Chase and Pucks with Pang and NHLpodcast.com. And Panger, you know, we've had a fantastic week. We've, we've mm-hmm. looked around at the Hall of Famers. We talked a little bit of hockey, a few stories. But now i got to look ahead. As we wrap this show up this week, there's some terrific games around the National Hockey League. And mm-hmm. one I'm looking forward to is the Chicago Blackhawks, the St. Louis Blues, the rivalry week, and what exactly happened in the last game on a 5-5 game that I think will spur I mean, the Chicago fans pour into St. Louis for this, so it yeah. will be a fantastic match. Always a great atmosphere, isn't it? Uh, I mean, Chicago fans, they don't like Passion. St. Louis fans. St. Louis fans, they don't like Chicago fans. Passion. Um, you know where that started? I think it started in an afternoon football game with the old football St. Louis Cardinals, Cardinals and right. the Bears, and then it continued on to a, a nighttime, uh, nighttime hockey game. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, obviously the, the Cubs and the Cardinals Cubs as well cards. on the baseball side. But right. uh, you know what I, I like about this is that, uh, and Mike Babcock will love this because the Nets aren't big when uh, Babs, and Babs, I'm just making fun of him. He's a good player. I'm making fun of him for this situation. <laughs> but I, the Nets weren't, aren't big enough, and they've got to relook at that. But the last time we saw the St. Louis Blues and the Blackhawks play, it was 6-5. The, those Nets were the same size, right? Were they the same they, size? They, they were the same size. They were the same size. <laughs> or were they the ones? The chances. They, they were well, the bigger ones than when I played. Now it was a four nothing uh, <laughs> Nashville St. Louis game the other night as well, and uh, yeah. and uh, and uh, Jake Allen was in the net for forty five shots, and a lot of them were. Uh, uh, yeah. A lot of them were Shea Weber practicing his one timer from the slot, yeah. and, and you know. So well, I, I know you're a goalie. You're you're uh, you're a little bit protective of that whole uh, yeah, size I of just, the net. Thing. I just anyway, I, I just thought I'd throw that out there because I, I did realize eleven goals were scored and the Nets were the same. So Chicago and St. Louis, that's going to be a bear of a hockey game. Um, Let's th- that'll be fantastic. Emotion side, Winnipeg, Nashville. You know why I love that in that matchup? It's a big boys game. It's a big boy game. It the, the the Winnipeg Jets. I'm not sure if the Winnipeg Jets can play that way for an entire season and still get through all of the playoffs because you saw the teams that ran out of gas a little bit doing yeah. it. Uh, you've seen St. Louis run out of gas doing that. You've seen uh, uh, the LA Kings run out of gas a little bit doing that. Anaheim last year against Chicago. They the, played yep, that big the conference final yep. style. And they led just, three two in the series. Exactly. And uh, 
and Chicago find a way to come back in it and 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 uh, and what, it, what impresses about Nashville? Wow. What impresses me the most about Nashville is is the way that there's such balance. Yeah, I mean they they defend really well. They 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 really didn't give St. Louis a lot, um, but they defend extremely well, and they're balanced. They seem like they can come at you in waves. I mean they had 45 shots on goal. Jake Allen was uh, the best player on the ice. You know he was in goal for St. Louis, but. What I like about Nashville is is that they 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 seem like right from top to bottom, they have opportunities to score, mm-hmm. and I think that that's the balance in the league that that sets teams apart: depth, depth, and balance. And their goalie's pretty team. good too. Exactly. Now the Winnipeg Jets, they're heavy. Yeah, they're they the are. same thing. But you know they're they're, the, qu- they're quicker too. They're like, quicker and they want to join yeah, the rush, and, and I, I love that about yeah, them. Yeah, me too. And I was looking at some of their like we call them a big heavy team, and they are they're they're hard on the puck. But the interesting part is. Uh, Guys like Perot, good with the puck. Right. Uh, Burmistrov, good with the puck. See, Dark. last week he, he came out of the penalty box and scored a beauty. I know. Um, you know, they, so I, I, I really uh, Nick Ehlers. Yep. Oh, my goodness. This guy. Young guys with speed. This guy too. can get up the ice. Man. Uh, Tyler Myler. Tyler Myers, My, six foot yep. nine kid, or yep. turns the corner and gets out of the hole as well as anybody now. Yep. And when you're that size and you can skate like that, you know, it makes it it makes it a dynamic look, and then of course um, we're looking at the Dallas Stars and the Minnesota yes. Wild. And the reason that I like that game is because you've got a team that plays a passive game, looking for mistakes. It's very structured in Minnesota, yeah, sure. well coached, yeah. uh, looking for structure. And then you got the Dallas Stars. Well, the Dallas Stars are just coming they come at, at you. Like you. Hand oh my! Thing. Like here we oh. come, boys! All five, and it's nothing to see them. You know their goaltender having to stop a three on hole breakaway, yeah, because they are coming up ice, and I I love watching the Dallas Stars. They're having success because yeah. they're getting goaltending as well as scoring goals. They're a big time scoring unit, and uh, I'll tell you what, if our look ahead is like that, you know, it's always fun when you see Tampa yeah. playing Florida because you know they're getting the both uh, both uh, best of both. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, those are some of the games coming up that I like the Pittsburgh Jersey series. Obviously, those teams testers for each organization. But boy, the three we just mentioned are the ones I'm looking forward to this week. Yeah, me too, partner. You know what? That was uh, that's good sitting around here talking a little little hockey, huh? I love it. Hope the fans like it. Hope hey. they hope they get into it because we're not in a in a real set. You know, we've got no limitations on 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 what we're talking about or how long we're going to talk about it. So why wouldn't people fun. send in? Why wouldn't you send in what your thoughts are? And if you don't like it, you know what? Send it in. You like it? Send it in. Give us some ideas of yeah. what you want us to talk about, and we'll handle it don't next week. Don't correct our grammar, though. Yeah, don't, that, no, right? don't do that. We're, be not, wasting, we're not that sharp. You, you would be you're wasting. A, you're a Western you, Canadian guy, right? That's right, yeah. I, you you know, know, farms player and stuff like that. Oh, you're a right. scholastic player right. of the year. Right. Yeah, I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, that's all this week. Chasing Pucks with Panger on NHLpodcast.com. I'm Kelly Chase. He's Darren Pang. Talk to you next week. This has been Chasing Pucks with Panger, a lineup media group production. Find the show online at NHLpodcast.com, plus on iTunes, Stitcher, and all major podcast outlets. Get access to all of the Lineup Media Group shows at lineupmediagroup.com.